Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. And we're here to talk everything Adelaide 36ers and... To say there's a fair bit to get through would be probably the biggest understatement we've had on this show so far. So we had two games last weekend that we'll dissect, two home games in the space of a little over 36 hours to look forward to this weekend. We've got some coaching drama, we've got some player drama, we've got a lot to get through. So I'm Chris Pike, and my co-host, Scott Ninnis, the only man involved with every Adelaide 36ers championship, but... Are we about to call you a head coach again? <laughs> uh, no, you can safely uh, say that they uh, we've dodged that bullet, Chris. But uh, <laughs> no, with with all our coaches uh, sort of going down, and uh, with with uh, one one problem or, or another, and I, I think there was a little bit of panic uh, early in the week about who was going to coach <laughs> the team coach the team tonight. But uh, I think people would be very happy to hear that. Uh, no, no, I'll still be uh, I'll still be up there in the VIP room. Uh, uh, you know, drinking red wine with Brett Maher and uh, you know talking our usual amount of nonsense uh, before the uh, before and after the game up there. So, uh, uh, but uh, yes, no, there was a bit of panic earlier in the week, but I've managed to come up with a solution for that, thankfully. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, so there's a lot for us to get get through this week. For obvious reasons, we won't have an Ask the Coach segment because we don't really have a coach that we could do it with this week. But thank you to Sports Card World for their ongoing support, not, not only here to make this show possible, but obviously they've now expanded their sponsorship to the Adelaide 36ers themselves and also naming rights sponsor of the South Adelaide Panthers, Scott. So even though we don't have a segment from them this week, they're our, they're our greatest supporters, you would have to say. Yeah, unbelievable, uh, Ben and Matt from Sports Card World, and um, uh, yeah, really happy to have them on board. Obviously, uh, with South Adelaide, but uh, you know, proud sponsors of the Thirty Sixes of yeah, you know, the Adelaide Crows. I saw something else that they're involved in during the week on Facebook. Mm. It's um, yeah, they're uh, they're awesome boys, and uh, certainly encourage anyone to uh, get in there and uh, and support them because they they are great supporters of a lot of very good things in this uh, in this uh, proud state of ours. Yep, absolutely. So go check out their store if you get the chance in the Rundle Mall. Now, we'll talk later in the show in a bit more detail, Scott, but just quickly, a little bit of a rundown of the situation right now. So coming off the game on Sunday um, against the Sydney Kings, by Tuesday, the head coach, CJ Bruden, had come down with COVID. So all of a sudden, he's gone down with that. He's got sick from it, obviously, but he's also been forced into isolation for at least 10 days. Not only that, Jamie Perlman's interstate right now, unfortunately for his mother-in-law's passing and her funeral, which is, you know, terrible news. So our, our heart goes out to to Jamie and Tracy and, and their whole family. But timing's pretty pretty bad, it's fair to say. We'll talk about it more later and what it means and how it's all going to work out. But as far as we know, will Jamie be back in time to coach the team and make his head coach debut tonight? Uh, he will be, yeah. The, the club's organised... Uh... A chartered plane to get him back. Obviously, it's not not ideal uh, circumstances of having the funeral today, and uh, be mm. hard for him to obviously have, have, have thought of anything else. As you can imagine, for anyone that's gone through those sort of circumstances, it's it's uh, 
obviously a tough time and, and mm. you know, CJ's been out of action and, and apparently he's pretty crook from COVID as well, uh, from what I understand. So, uh, look, it's, it probably, if anything, it probably takes a little bit of the pressure off of the team. I mean, they, there probably wasn't a lot of people who, who sort of picked them to, to beat the Phoenix tonight and, and then certainly their, yeah, their whole preparation's been thrown into disarray with, with CJ and Jamie not not uh, being around but yeah who knows mm. you know sometimes uh, you know once again it might just take a little bit of pressure off and they they might come out and um, and just surprise the people but um, you know two two losses last weekend I think we said at the last show that they lost those two games so that was probably about it as far as the finals goes and uh, you know you just keep talking about mathematical <laughs> charts mm. and all that sort of <laughs> stuff but yeah, I think realistically we've seen, you know, a bit of the haves and the haves-nots at the moment. And, uh, mm. yeah, there's some teams that are starting to clear out at the top and, and a couple of teams are probably starting to clear out towards the bottom as well. So, you know, we would have to win, you know, a huge percentage of our games to, to even make that a possibility. Um, another another couple of games uh, this weekend and, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. But, uh, yeah, once again, I mean... You know, if ever there are things that can realistically be excuses, <laughs> this is the season for it with, with <laughs> yeah, COVID. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're no orphans. We're not the only one that have gone through problems. I mean, every other team's been, been hit by it at some stage. Other coaches uh, have missed games through COVID. So mm. uh, it's just one of those things. you just got to roll the balls out and, uh, and see what you can do. But, uh, yeah, not not ideal circumstance. No, that's that's fair to say. And to then come up against two championship contending teams this weekend isn't quite ideal timing, but let's hope the Adelaide fans all turn out in their numbers like they always do. So it's Friday night, which is tonight as we record this, against the South East Melbourne Phoenix at the Entertainment Centre. And then the old foes, the Perth Wildcats, come into town on Sunday as well. So two, two huge games, and we'll talk in more depth about Everything surrounding those a little bit later in the show. But we've got two games from round 13 to get to as well, Scott. Unfortunately, not the results we were hoping for. Um, started on Friday night in Wollongong. This was a pretty disappointing performance for mine. It felt like a game they were never really, really in it. Ended up losing 87-71. to 71. What did you make of it? Yeah, I agree, Chris. I thought it was uh, really disappointing the way we petered out and, and got beaten by 16 in the end. You know, there was, there was some tremendous fight in that third quarter to get back and, and level the game. But mm. it, it's always difficult when you dig yourself a bit of a hole and you expend that much energy, you know, to get back into a game to then go on with it. And, uh, you know, they settled down and, and obviously finished the game out stronger than what we was. But, yeah, I was. I was really disappointed. I, I felt that that was... You know, they haven't been playing well. They, they've been up and down. Um, yeah. And I felt there might have been an opportunity to get in there and, and uh, get that win. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty comprehensive uh, victory um, you know, by Illawarra in the end. Yeah, it was. And, and, you, and you make a good point. The first half was pretty disappointing. The start of the game was obviously very slow. But they did a, they did a really good job in that third quarter to get back into it. As you said, draw back level. But then to... And to not be able to go on with the job, and I guess it just takes so much energy to get back into the game and to throw everything into, you know, getting back level. I guess then the other teams got the chance to kick away again, and that and that's what happened. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's easier said than done to fix it, but you just ultimately you just can't end up starting that slow, slowly and expect to come back and, and win a game. 
No, you can't. And we had another one of those quarters that's uh, unfortunately been mm. far too common. You know, 14 points in that fourth quarter is is just not going to get it done, unfortunately. And uh, you know, we shot 32 percent, I think it was, from the field. It's uh, it, it makes it, it makes it tough. And unfortunately, we just seem to have you know, have had too many of those times when we we have those scoring droughts. And, and once again, you can't blame it entirely upon what what we're doing offensively you know the other team takes a step up defensively and, and makes it difficult yeah, sure. but uh yeah we just do find it difficult to score at times and uh yeah we really petered out in that last quarter which as we said was uh, was very disappointing it was a big offensive game from sunday sunday dead he loves shooting on that floor he obviously called called wollongong home for a little while there and he loves going back there to shoot he went five of eight from three 18 points on the night. Not only that, though, his defense on Tyler Harvey was was terrific. Held him to to 12 points, and 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 Sunday was probably the great highlight to come out of out of that game. Oh, clearly our best player in that game. I don't think uh, I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to work that out. I mean, he just there was one time in that fourth quarter where he just helped off of Harvey, and he got a got a three that was a mm. you know was a really big shot. Uh, if I'm being really critical, that was probably his one mistake for the game. But uh, yep. yeah, look, it, it was fantastic seeing him shoot the ball that well. I could, I wasn't with Brett Maher, but I could almost hear his voice saying, "Well, that was <laughs> that was the work I did with him in the off season." So, uh, um, and he did. Funny enough, he did work him out uh, Monday last week as well. So Brett ah, would obviously okay. be obviously be claiming that. But uh, yeah, like yep. I, I felt he was. Uh, you know, run away, you know, our best player on in that game for sure. Well, let's go into that in, in a bit more detail in our Premium Wine Tours Player of the Year Award. The three votes is pretty obvious. That goes to Sunday Dedge. What about the two and the one? Yeah, a bit tricky. I, I thought um, oh, I thought you could throw a blanket over Todd Withers and, and Daniel Johnson. I thought they, yep. you know, they, they were both, Serviceable. We didn't have a lot of, you know, once again, a lot, lot of great standouts. You know, Bearstow had 12 points, but, uh, you know, struggled offensively. Uh, sorry, 12 rebounds, but struggled, 12 rebounds. Uh, yeah. struggled offensively. So I, I probably gave my two votes to, uh, to Todd Withers uh, with Daniel Johnson as the, as the one vote. So uh, Sunday, Withers, uh, DJ. The team looks a lot better when Todd Withers is getting the ball in his hands. He's aggressive offensively and he's getting some looks. There's been... Some games where he's only taken three or four shots for the entire game, but you know whether it's the offense that needs to create for him or he just needs to get more aggressive, the team looks a lot better when he's he sort of gets more involved. Absolutely, and and I think the last few weeks we we have seen that we have seen him you know shoot the ball, be be more aggressive offensively, and he looks like he's settled into you know settled into his role. You know, once again, he's he's never going to be a you know a big time major scorer, but you know as you know if we can get sort of five or six guys into double figures, well then he, he yeah. become very very difficult to to beat. And uh, you know he started the season off you know fairly slowly, and and I think probably probably he'd say that himself, but. Uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it, it, he's a guy who's a really likeable person and, uh, you know, great team man, obviously is um, is an excellent defender. So, you know, to see him sort of being able to put the ball in the basket uh, and and be aggressive is, um, is, is fantastic. Yeah, and we've talked before about how there's not an obvious guy on this team who is that energy hustle type guy to give you a lift when you need it, but he can be that guy and especially defensively, he can make a difference at that end of the floor. He loves to block a shot. He loves to get fired up after blocking a shot. That's the sort of thing that can really be team lifting, and let's hope that he can do do more of it moving forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, as we've said before, you, you know, he, he has to, you know, like that's uh, that's yeah. a pressure that's put on imports in this league. And, uh, you, you know, you can't really control what what's going to happen, um, you, you know, from here on in. But all he can do is control his own situation and come out and play well and be aggressive. And, and then you never never know what, you know, what happens from there. Absolutely. Um, and then following that game in Wollongong on Friday, short turnaround. Again, an early start for the first game on, on Sunday. Not ideal when you've got the travel and also playing a team that hadn't played in a week in the Sydney Kings, who not only came to town in good form, but also freshened up. But it was a much better performance. Unlucky probably not to win in the end. Obviously, we could get to what happened on that last play shortly, but it was a much better performance overall. What did you, what'd you make of this game? And what did you make of seeing the Kings? up close for the first time? I thought it was an excellent game. I thought it was as, it was, yeah. as well as we've played, uh, played all year. And obviously the result was, didn't go the way we wanted to. And, and that, was, that was unfortunate. But I, I thought it was a really high-quality game. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, right until the last few seconds. But mm. it's, uh, you know, once again, it shows we can play at a, at a high level. And I think yeah, that's probably as frustrating as well. The fact that we, uh, you know, we haven't been able to do that on a, on a regular basis, but it, it does show we can compete against the, you yeah. know, the very best teams in the competition. And, and Sydney, uh, you know, as we as we said last week, have just got talent everywhere. Um, you know, I got a little bit a uh, little bit pissed off seeing uh, Cooks uh, continuing uh, coming down mm-hmm. the lane and dunking on us. I would like to have seen someone mm-hmm. put him on his ass and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, make him make him beat us from the free throw line where he's not very mm-hmm. good. But um, mm. um, so yeah, once again we still had our struggles defensively at, at times, but much much better effort and um, yeah, just unfortunate. And it was so even, you know, the whole way. When uh, we, we never was. never dropped our bundle and just continued to push through. But yeah, just a little bit of uh, I, I guess brilliance. You know, Adams is as good as anyone in the competition right now, and uh, you know that was a. Massive shot, and and obviously we didn't get whatever we were trying to mm. uh, get planned on that last play. But yeah, I just feel really sorry for you know for for the boys for the way that they you know they competed all game and and really took it up to a team of that sort of quality. But you know, just couldn't get it done, unfortunately. You mentioned Xavier Cooks. Him and Jalen Adams were the difference in this in the in the result in the end. Obviously. Um, you mentioned how Cooks got a lot of dunks and it would have been nice to, to probably see someone stand in his way, but it's hard to stop when you've got a point guard like Adams who put him in a pick-and-roll situation and he does that as well as anyone in the league right now because he's. it's hard to know how to stop him because in that situation he can either take the step back and hit the three, which he's very good at, he can find the, the rolling big man to set him up, or, as we saw, he can then find someone like Xavier Cooks who's in the dunking position and he can... He can slam it home when he's being spoon-fed like he was by by Adams. Um, and we also saw him find Sean Bruce a couple of times for the open three after getting getting inside the paint as well. Um, pretty tough to stop a point guard who's who's got that many different weapons. And playing with the amount of confidence that he's playing with at the yeah. moment, he's he just he knows he's he can't be stopped, and uh, that, that that becomes a very dangerous thing when you've got someone with that sort of. Uh, talent and ability anyway who then uh, thinks he's unstoppable and uh, you're right he just he picked us apart and um, you know he just just didn't know uh, you know like you said it's just difficult and, and we have some bigger guys who you know who well certainly none of our guys are as athletic as, as cooks so that that makes mm. it uh, makes it really tough as well so um, 
Um, yeah, once again, in saying all that, we still put ourselves in a, in a position where we could have won that game. And, uh, yep. you know, that's with those two guys having, you know, that style of game. So I think that's a disappointing thing that, you know, despite uh, even those guys playing that well, we still could have won that game. And that was, uh, that was very frustrating. Well, let, let's get to the end of the game because obviously Jalen Adams hit the three. Up, you know, the scores were tied at 90 to 90. Um, the Kings had the ball. Jalen Adams took the step back three, knocked it down. So they went up 93 to 90. But there was still 3.5 seconds on the clock. There was two timeouts called in the end, which was was interesting as well with CJ calling that second timeout after the players came back on the floor. And the Kings, I think it was Angus Glover, they were trying to bring in at the last second. So that set the stage. Um what did you think of, I guess, it seems like the play was drawn up for Sunday to inbound the ball to DJ, get the ball back, and then for Sunday to roll off and take the three to try to tie the game up. Obviously, the first part worked okay with Sunday passing it into DJ, but he couldn't get the ball back to Sunday when I think it was Cooks that blocked that pass. And then it's fair to say it wasn't an ideal shot that DJ took on the, on the buzzer. What did you make of that last play? I'm going to guess that uh, that wasn't the play that was set up uh, in the uh, in the timeout, and I think by the look on Sunday's face, that uh, that mm-hmm. probably confirmed that. But yeah, once again, it's 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 tough, um, you know, that we didn't get to execute that, you know, and at least get a get a really good look at it, which is uh, which was unfortunate. You know, they were better. Not points. not only not a good look, it didn't even get a three. If if DJ's shot went in, it wasn't even going to be a three. No, no. Like I said, I I don't think uh, I, I don't think anyone would like to sit down and be looking at uh, looking at the replay of that. Mm. Once again, I don't know what was diagrammed in the uh, in the timeout, but it sure as hell wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> well, let's let's hope not. Uh, <laughs> it looks like whatever was drawn up, it wasn't meant to involve Dusty Hannah's anyway. To me, in that situation, he's shown. He loves that moment, and he was having a really good game. Should have there been something run for Dusty in that situation, no matter what? Yeah, once again, I, I don't know what what the situation was. You know, maybe mm. maybe they thought that you know they'd be loaded up on Dusty, and and you, you know Sunday would be be more open, and they were trying to use Dusty as more of a decoy. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not sure, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just just unfortunate. I mean, Sunday had hit three threes. Um, you know, he he'd obviously. I'm, I'm I'm happy for Sunday to be the guy that takes it, but yeah, I'd also like to see Dusty in well, like, too because he he he's hit two of those already this season. Yeah, like, and like you said, he was he was rolling pretty well on uh, on Sunday as well. You know, you yep. know, one of the better games he's played you know throughout the season as well. But um, yep, wasn't wasn't to be. Uh, now you get an opportunity once again, fairly short period later to uh, to turn it around, and and hopefully they come out of tonight against the Phoenix and play. Uh, play with that same sort of intensity and spirit that they did in, on Sunday. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's uh, yeah, compared to Friday night, it was a good performance. It's just frustrating, um, I guess, that the result didn't go, go our way. I want to talk to you a bit more about Dusty because he had a really good game. Um, 24 points. It's just, it looks like it's tough work for him because he seems to have to create everything himself right now. Um, we see, we know his reputation as a three-point shooter and we see... Three-point shooters, you know, Brett Maas, famous for it. He's the best example. But even now, you can see Chris Golding. And Melbourne United run things for him. They run screens to get him free and get him open. And and that leads him to take the three-pointers that he does. But 
doesn't look like we have any of those plays to get Dusty open. So when he catches the ball, he's always in a one-on-one situation. He always has to then try to create off the dribble, and and he's he's reasonably effective if he takes it into the lane to throw up a floater or, or a, a bit of a, a pull-up mid-range jumper. He's, he's okay at that, but we're not creating any three-point shots for him. Um, that's why he's not taking a lot of them. What do you what do you make of the whole situation? Yeah, I think there's I think there's there's a little bit of uh, a little, you know a bit of truth in what you're saying. I also think that you know we we do run stuff for him. He just at times he doesn't use the screens certainly like a Gordon okay. or a Bryce Cotton and those guys will. So you know I I'd be sitting down with him and and you know just showing showing him vision of those guys and it's about. It's about coming off at speed as well, you know, like and making it really difficult for your defender to stay with him. And uh, um, but yeah, I, I think at times we don't set great screens either, and I, and I don't think that's mm-hmm. I don't think I'm speaking out of school there. I think you can just watch a game, and we we don't set great screens, and that that makes it difficult for anyone, let alone a, a shooter who's relying upon that. So I, I sort of think it's a bit of both. I think we need to set better screens for him, and I think he needs to come off those screens harder and quicker. And then he becomes a real problem because, as we've said before, you know, like I, you know, he does a good job, like you're saying, with the floater. But you know, I want to see him coming off those screens harder, and you know, where he's got separation from his defender and just come off shooting those threes because that's yeah, that's what yeah, he's brought that's in, what, brought that's what in I to want to do. See more of too. And and yeah. and it's almost like at times, you, you know, he doesn't. He comes off those screens all the times that he's. Yeah, you know, not open enough to shoot the three, and I think that's when he's trying to turn the corner and get into the lane. And uh, yeah. um, I, like I said, I think it's a bit of both. I think you, you know both parties could benefit from one better screens and him at times coming off, uh, you know, coming off at speed, uh, you know, to receive the ball. Yep, no, great, great points. Maybe that's why you should be coaching tonight, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, we'd. Uh, no one wants that, mate. Well, that, 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 <laughs> that ship has sailed. So, uh, uh, but uh, no, I would have. Uh, oh, look, I, I I spoke to CJ during the week, and and obviously with everything that was going on, and 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 I certainly put my hand up and, and offered to help out if uh, you know they just needed a you know Jamie needed another voice. Uh, but you know they they've got a good group of assistant coaches there, and uh, you know they'll, they'll they'll be fine, I'm sure. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you know it might be a it might actually be a welcome distraction for for Jamie with what's happened uh, in his world over the last week. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so as for the game against the Kings, the result wasn't ideal, but there was a lot of good performance. So as we talked about, Dusty Hannah's 24 points, top scored, and he did that on only 16 shots and only playing 21 minutes. So he was he was pretty pretty effective in everything he did. But there was other guys who stepped up too. Cam Besto, another good game, 18 points, 8 rebounds. Sunday Detch, another good game from him, 13 points, 7 rebounds, as you said, hit the three threes. DJ, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Todd Withers had his moments as well, 11 points. A couple of big blocks again. Um, Mitch McCarron, 7 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. What do you think in the Premier Wine Tours play of the year votes for this one? Yeah, a bit, uh, bit, bit tricky, this one. I, I thought, mm. you know, I thought Mitch McCarron was, uh, you, you know, looking, well, he was. He was on triple-double watch there for a while, yep. but uh, sort of, you know, slowed down in that in that last quarter and, and sat on those stats for quite some time. I sort of came down as far as the, the, the MVP of the game between Bearstow and, and Dusty Hannes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bearstow's just so efficient and, and just, you, you know, like 18 points and eight rebounds. It's just, you expect that every time he walks out on the court yeah. now. Um, you know, they probably, yeah, probably had to play a couple 
couple more minutes than what they generally would like with him. I think they like seeing him around that sort of you know 24, 25 minute mark. So yeah, um, yeah after that he, he does he does tend to get a little bit tired, and and, and I guess is you know they want to make sure that you know they get him through the through the season healthily and, and playing playing all the mm-hmm. games. And, and then yeah, Dusty was uh, an impact uh, for the majority of that game. I just gave it to Bearstow in the end. I, I just felt his. His efficiency, and, and it's starting to be what we talk about with DJ. Sometimes you can just take it for granted, but um, mm. I thought he just just edged out Dusty, who I gave the two votes for, and, and it was great to see him, you know, aggressive and, and putting that amount of points on the on the board. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he can take another step up from that. And like you said, he only played 21 minutes. You know, if he can mm. maintain his energy at the defensive end, I'd, I'd love to see him sort of... You know, sort of playing 27, 28 minutes a game, and and you know potentially putting up a, a, a really big score, and 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 once again, uh, you know, we take it for granted. But I, I thought DJ did enough just get to mm-hmm. one vote. You know, once again, we we look at him and see 15 points and eight rebounds, and people think he think he's had a bad game. Well, well most people would kill to do that in a game of <laughs> in, a, in an NBL yeah. game of basketball. So. Uh, yeah, one vote for him uh, probably Sunday was was probably just a tad unlucky there mm-hmm. as well. Yep, no, that's fair enough. I mean, just pretty tight at the leaderboard. Are you pretty happy at the halfway point of the season that Cam Besto and Dusty Hannes are the two, are the two at the top? It's interesting with Dusty because I guess he's come under a little bit of criticism for not stepping up maybe as much as people expected. But his big games have all been sort of those games that he's he's been a match winner in. Yeah, I, I think I. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's probably. I'd still like to see DJ in that, mm-hmm. yeah, right up there in that equation. And, and look, that's certainly not out. <laughs> we, we've seen what he what he's done over the last ten years to, to know he's, he's he's still a chance to come come back and really establish himself. I don't think he's he, too. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's too far behind. No, and then he yeah, he's, he's he's in third spot. Yeah, and he's been in a he's been a little bit of a funk for. Uh, for a period there during February, where where you know he had some ga- some games that weren't typical DJ games, and I, I just feel that they've probably been making more of a conscious effort. Well, I don't know if it's a conscious effort. It probably seems like to get him the ball, a, you know, a little bit more. And if he hasn't touched it, you know, a couple of times down the court to 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 make sure he gets the ball in his hands, and and that and that's the key with a guy like that. I mean, you just need to make him a focal point of what you're doing. Um, you know, whenever he's on the court, because you know good things are going to happen because of it. So, um, and, and I just feel that Sunday Detch has become a, you know, is, is well, has become a you know front line player in this league. I think you know we always lord what he does defensively, and which is second to none. And oh, once again, I might be biased, but I think he's the best defender in the competition. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it's been great to see him. Yes, what he, and I know how hard he has worked on the offensive part of his game, and and he has a determination and energy that uh, you, you don't see in too many people. So it's it's no great surprise to me that he's been able to you know take a step forward this year and and start to really establish himself as as one of the very good players in the league. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Been meaning to ask you, Scott. We get some we get some nice back, background noise when we're recording this show. Do you have a bird in your house? <laughs> We do have a bird in the house, uh, <laughs> and that that is uh, that is Larry, as in Larry Bird. So uh, real, ah, uh, nice, really, real original name there. But uh, there's a <laughs> there's a pain in the ass kitten running around here somewhere that probably will scratch me at some stage. You might hear me 
Might hear a bit of a squeal as well, but um, yeah, well, so well, not, not never a dull that, moment. That's mate. a new, it's a new kitten as well, isn't it? And you're allergic to cats. Yeah, that works well, doesn't it? So uh, <laughs> yeah, no, don't ask me to explain that one, mate. I've moved in further, further down the food chain in this house. So uh, yeah, between two kids and a bird, and then now a kitten as well. So I'm uh, I'm dead last. But uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you're right. Never never a dull moment between. Screaming kids or a bird that won't <laughs> shut up while I'm uh, trying to trying to do a podcast. Oh uh, no, it only, it only adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> so um, now, be, before we get to these two games this weekend, Scott, um, I kind of feel like the moment might have passed for us to bring in a new import. I'm not sure if you've heard any any sort of an update, but the whole situation, given that there's no longer a GM of basketball with Jeff Van Groningen. The whole situation's pretty much been left to CJ Bruden to try to sort out and get somebody here who he wants here, but also in time to make it actually worthwhile. So we're already at a point where there's only 14 games to go. If this weekend doesn't doesn't go to plan and you're 5-11, and 11, I'm not sure if there's much of a, of a point, and I'm not sure if CJ's healthy enough to be trying to sort it out this week. I'm not sure how quickly somebody can get here. Do you think it's still on the cards, or has the moment kind of passed? Well, I just would have thought it if it was going to happen, it, it would have happened by now. We would have had someone yeah. here. Now, I, I understand the logistics in the current situation in the world at the moment. It's, it's not always just a matter of snapping your fingers and getting someone on a plane. It's, you know, it can be difficult. I, you know, I sort of heard all sorts of names you know, mentioned from uh, Scotty Hobson. I, I know mm-hmm. Jerome Randall was, was on radio saying he desperately wanted to come back. Heard Casper yep. Ware's name mentioned. Uh, yeah, been, been, I think they've probably got a lot, long list of people. But yeah, I'm just starting to wonder whether clearly it's not going to happen by this weekend. If, if we did happen to jag a win or two, yeah, maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe they're waiting to see, make a decision on Monday. Like you said, if, we, if we're 5 and 11, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably, probably not much point. But if we're, uh, you know, if we've had a couple of wins or, or one win, they, they might decide to pull the trigger and, and get someone in here before next next weekend's game. But yeah, I, I I haven't heard anything made apart from you know rumours and and names and uh, uh, all sorts of bits and pieces. But obviously this week has has been thrown into a disarray with 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 CJ yeah. uh, and, and Jamie being away. So uh, um, I guess we'll wait and see. But yeah, I, I just would have thought if it was if we were going to see someone, we we would have been seeing him trot out tonight. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think so too. And in terms of the context of the season, to be five and nine right now, like you touched on at the start of the show, there's a pretty significant gap now between the top five and the bottom five. I'd be amazed if anyone from the bottom five, and we're talking the Jack Jumpers, the Bullets, the Thirty Sixes, the Type Ends, and the Breakers, if any of them end up making making the finals, I think it's a race between Melbourne United, South East Melbourne, Perth, Illawarra, and Sydney. Do you? Do you think any of that bottom five can break into the mix? Oh, I don't, mate. I, I I just don't think that it's you, you know those those top top echelon teams are you know are starting to play some really good basketball and you know take care of the wins that they should be getting. So um, it's going to be difficult, and you know the talent that are in those teams is uh, is is exciting. Like it's 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 mm. it's a great great league. You know some of the games I've seen between those teams have been at an incredibly high high level. I, I think. You know, from what I've seen from the other teams apart from ourselves, it's just, just too much inconsistency and, and 
Um, frankly, they just don't seem to be good enough. And and you know we're um, you know you're always hopeful and optimistic about about the thirty sixes, but it's it's once again it's getting to that real pointy end now where it's uh, well, once again I probably said last week that if we lost both games last weekend that was probably going to put us out of it. So out of it. So um, you know they would have to hit form and consistent form very very quickly, as in tonight. <laughs> so well, being realistic. I think the last few years we've seen probably it's about 15 or 16 win minimum you need to make the playoffs. So with 14 games to go, they've only got five wins. To go to win 11 at least of the last 14, it's it's, it's going to be bloody tough. To have, well, for, from what we've seen so far, you would you would need that that X factor, that, that person coming in who can be a real game changer, which as we've said, mm. we, we don't have here as of yet. And, you know, there's there's nothing that you could... Confidently say with with the team we've got at the moment that we can win eleven out of fourteen games. I mean, it's it's difficult mm. to see pretty much any team in the league winning eleven out of fourteen. You know, even even the super talented ones, uh, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, because there has been you know so many. I guess upsets are one of a bit of a word, and and oh, that's great for the league. It's great for the league that yeah. to, to to have a competition that so far. Well, probably until a couple of weeks ago, it had been pretty even. But yeah, as we said, it it it's, looks like it's starting to become a bit of the haves and the have-nots now. Uh, unfortunately, because uh, we're in the, that bottom, bottom half of that uh, equation. Okay, so let's look ahead to this to this weekend, starting Friday night, which is tonight as we record this, against the Phoenix. What would have the preparation been like this week for the team without a head coach and without your head assistant coach? Any idea how it's how it's gone? It's, you know, I mean, you're talking about professional sportsmen. So, you know, though you would expect them to come out and, and train hard. I mean, the you know, you know the, the assistants they've got left would be running a game plan that, that CJ has, has left for them as far as to, you know what, what they're doing at trainings and and you would hope that they you know they'll be professional enough to go out and have really good strong hard sessions um, mm. you take the head coach out of the equation there, there is you sometimes do just lose that that edge from the, the hardness of the, of the players mm. um, not for you know I don't think for any reason you know, I don't think it's because you know, they're taking their foot off the pedal. I just think sometimes when, you know, you don't have, you know, the main guy out there calling the shots, it, it can be a little bit of, uh, oh, I don't, I'm not even really sure what the word is, but just just taking, uh, you know, not quite being at the intensity level that uh, that you probably yeah. need. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I hope that isn't the case. I, I'd imagine they've come out and had, had some really good sessions and um, I guess we'll see tonight what, what the end result of that is. Once again, it's not, it's it's far from ideal. It's probably the worst preparation a 36 <laughs> team has ever had. But, but once again, you can't, you can't use that as an excuse. At the end of the day, um, there's not going to be, if we lose this game, there's not going to be an asterisk next to it the saying. The coach had COVID, and and uh, you know the head co- the head assistant was in the state. There's going to be none of that. It's going to be a win or a loss, and and that's mm. all that anyone's going to remember. You know, as uh, history will show that it was either a win or it was a loss. That's the reality of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, Jamie Perlman, I think he, I think he could still be a head coach in this league at some point. He's been a, he's he's been a long time assistant coach, obviously, firstly at the Taipans and now um, down here in in Adelaide. 
I don't think this is quite how he imagined making his head coach debut, though. Um, he hasn't been with the team all week. He'll arrive back in Adelaide sometime Friday afternoon and come straight straight to the building, pretty much, and get ready to coach the team. This is a chance he's been waiting a long time for, but not quite in the circumstances I'm sure he hoped. No, you wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't have written this up in your dream uh, <laughs> dream debut, would you? It's, uh, no. Look, I, I saw Jamie firsthand in the preseason, and and he's. Uh, I've got no doubt he, he would be a great head coach. He ran a fantastic program. Um, you know, what, what I saw him do in the pre-season, I've no doubt that he, uh, he's he got the capabilities of being a, a very successful head coach in this league. And once again, I mean, he'll he'll come in tonight, um, you know, he'll fit seamlessly into that and, and no doubt he'll coach a good game. Um, once again, Ideal? No, no, definitely not. But hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully this weekend isn't the only chance we get to see him as a head coach. I really hope, and and sure, at some stage down the line, we'll see him uh, coaching his own team and uh, having a fine career as a as a head coach in the league. Yep, I, I hope so too. As for tonight's game, first time we've played the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix this season. They come to town in second position. 10 and 5, they've strung some wins together. They're now back to full strength. They they had a period where they were without their head coach as well, Simon Mitchell, for a, for a couple of games, and a lot of their team had COVID, but they're now back up and going. The 36ers' preparation, like you said, has been far from ideal, but this is a, a damn tough opposition coming to town too. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're right there at the moment, the Phoenix. I think they're... Uh... They're going to be really tough to beat, and I think are a, a real good chance of winning the championship this year. It's um, you know they they don't have a lot of weaknesses and and got incredible depth. You know, like I just mm. uh, I've always been a big fan of Kyle Adnam. I, I think you know, like if I'd love to see him, <laughs> love to see him here this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I, know, I know that ship's ship sailed now, but. You know, when you got guys like him coming off the bench and, and providing the punch that, that he does, uh, you know you've got a you know you've got a pretty tough team. So um, look, talent right across the board. Uh, you know, Creeks once again in 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 you know is a name you sort of talk about when you're talking about MVP contention, and yeah. uh, uh, it's always a it's always a fun event when he rolls back into Adelaide. Uh, you know, he's he's always got a got a point to prove coming back here. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you've had uh, you do you look right across the board there, and there's uh, there is all sorts of talent. So um, uh, anyway, that that's exciting. It's exciting to go up against teams that uh, you, you know are playing well and um, you know are one of the contenders for the championship. So uh, oh look, I expect us to. I actually expect us to come out and play really well tonight. I think. Um, there've been you know all these distractions. You know, the one place you do find solace away from all this stuff is is on the court. So for some reason, I, I sort of just got a feeling we might come out and and, and play really well tonight. That uh, we might be talking next week, and people might be going, "What was that dickhead talking about?" But uh, <laughs> I do. I just feel that you know sometimes when you have all these issues and problems going on in the, in the background or in the foreground for us this this week mm. but uh that we might just come out and uh and you know just leave it all on the court and uh and have a really good game so uh that's what i'm hoping fingers crossed i guess we'll, we'll see uh, fairly shortly now, i think you make a good point because the pressure's off all of a sudden there's no expectations and they can just go out there and play basketball and sometimes that, that's a good thing and then after tonight there's a short turnaround sunday back at the Entertainment Centre against the Perth Wildcats, and it's a Wildcats team who has got to go home for the first time in two months this week, and they come to Adelaide fresh, having having been rejuvenated from being home, which is 
Probably not. What what we were hoping for. No, not ideal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we we know yeah we know this story. We've we've seen it for uh, for a long, long time. I mean, they are our our, our biggest. You know, we've had such a great rivalry with them over the years, and uh, for the most part, they're always really good games. And um, I expect nothing less. Um, I, I don't think they probably hold us. Any fear? I mean, we we you know we have beaten we them. Beat, this, beat them last time. We we have beaten them this year, and I, I to be honest with you, I still look at you know, I still look at their team, and it just amazes me how they do what they do. I mean, I've you've got your two stars in um, you know in in Cotton and Vic Law, and mm. you know Blanchfield getting back into the swing of things now, but. Um, you know, Luke Travis is obviously a really good up and coming kid, but you know they they just don't have the depth that other teams have, mm-hmm. and you know there's players in that team that wouldn't make our teams, you know, and and I just sort of look at that and go, how do they keep doing it? It's it's a remarkable mm-hmm. achievement the way that they they just never drop off and and just bring in you know got the right complementary guys who just fill the right role and. Uh, but I, you know, once again, I, I look at that and I look at our lineup and don't see why there's any reason that we can't, you know, can't compete with them and, and, and can't beat them. But um, we'll see. Um, you know, probably a lot depends on how they get through tonight and recover for Sunday. But um, once again, it's, it's very hard to predict what this 36er team is going to come in, in with. But uh, you, you do know that. Yeah, I think the fact that it is the Perth Wildcats, it's a game that you're always up for because you know you have to be. And, and uh, we have had some incredible battles stretching back over 30-plus years. So, um, yeah, hopefully Sunday's another game, uh, you know, another really high-quality game that we uh, have our nose in front with at the end. Yep, that would be very nice. More importantly, Scott, do you have a wine tour on Sunday or are you in the building? I'll be in the building on Sunday. So, uh, yes, uh, my... Uh, I have one tomorrow, and I've had one the last two days, but I've cleared cleared out these two two games. Uh, so obviously, that's always my intention to be able to attend the games. Uh, you know, last Sunday uh, was one of those ones where I'd already had a tour booked before the game was announced. So, uh, which yeah. is frustrating because obviously they're only releasing the game sort of a few weeks or a month out. So, uh, but yes, I'll. Uh, I'll be there on uh, well, certainly tonight and uh, Sunday with uh, with the white haired one and. Uh, we will uh, we will give our game analysis uh, in the uh, in the rooms after the game and just yeah really looking for, I'm really looking forward to tonight. I mean I I just think you know I like like seeing the Phoenix play and and I think we've got a real opportunity to to like I said put put the events of the last week behind us and and just come out and let it all hang out and play well. When you turn up tonight, do you have your your coaching whiteboard and your coaching shoes in the bag or in the car just in case something something goes wrong. No, 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 no. That's uh, I think uh, it'd be hard to pull me down from the stands. Uh, sort of uh, if if there was if there was something happening, it'd be interesting to see if Jamie gets uh, gets two texts and gets thrown out of the game. There'd be a, mm. be a couple of couple of young uh, assistant coaches there that'd be pr- pretty nervous, I reckon. But uh, no, it's uh, it's it'll it'll all go to plan, mate. I, I've got no doubt about that. Uh, unless I get a phone call in the next few hours, I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be sitting next to Brett, and we'll be uh, we'll be having a quiet sip of red wine and uh, just enjoying the night. Well, I spoke to Sean Radage a couple of days ago, and he suggested that one of the players maybe should coach the team. If someone was going to coach from the playing group, who would you suggest? Well, Mitch McCarran's the, the obvious one that comes mm-hmm. to mind. I mean, he's he's the on court leader, and uh, when I was speaking to CJ the other day, he was he was joking to McCarran that he, he might have to be, uh, if something <laughs> happened, he might have to be the, 
uh, captain coach. And uh, mm-hmm. look, uh, I'm not sure that that's worked all that well over, over the years. I get, probably the last one was probably Shane Hill with the Dragons, Hill, and, yeah. and that yeah that 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 wasn't a raging success to be fair to say. And then probably you the would one have coached against him when he did that, didn't you? I was actually uh, oh, you, no you no I was his assistant the the first yeah. year, and then. Uh, uh, then he kindly uh, relieved me of my duties at the end of that season. I, I came back to, mm. back to Adelaide and worked with the academy in, the, in that second year where they uh, they finished uh, stone cold motherless last. But mm-hmm. um, yep. uh, but no, never coached against him. Gorge took over the next year when they when they won the championship. No, excellent. All right, Scott. We <laughs> it's going to be fascinating how this weekend pans out. I don't think there's ever been so much drama or intrigue or amount of unknown qualities coming into a weekend of games. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. It's been fun dissecting it all with you here again on Sixers Fix. So I'm Chris Pike, and I'll wrap it up and leave our listeners with some wise words from the one and only Scott Ninnis. Oh, not so much wise words. I, I just think you know, thoughts and prayers with uh, you know Jamie Pillman and, and Tracy at this time. That's that's just a shitty situation and tough to go through. I've, while we've been doing this text, uh, this podcast, I've just had a message through to say that Rod Marsh passed away. So it's uh, oh no, wow. yeah. So that's uh, yeah. We had a bit to do with him, uh, you know, going back a few years, and I, and I only saw him last year. It had a bit of a chat to him at one of the. Uh, restaurants up on the hill, so that's that's devastating news. A, a you know a true, true icon of, of Australian sport, yeah. let, let alone cricket, and 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 yeah, really good bloke. So that's uh, yeah, that's just put another damper on another shit on a shit week mm. as it, as it is. But uh, once again, we you know we we're very fortunate for those of us to, who have been involved in basketball that you know you, you can find solace away from the tough times on that on that court uh yeah we've got a couple of great games to look forward to and and, and hopefully uh you know hopefully we see a really competitive team out there and uh you know jag a win or two this weekend